Hope you're ready. You ready? All grace, ready to go. Uh, John 11. Um, I want to talk briefly this morning about, um, about death and then I'm going to move into something else because <laughs> death's a terrible thing to talk about. Um, but, I, you know, as a, as a pastor and leader, I think um, Dave's done a fantastic job this morning of just positioning grief and the need for mourning. And one of the things this week um, you will have heard is, uh, as, as Dave said, we lost, uh, we lost one of our whanau. And I want to, um, I just want to reflect on John 11 because one of the things I know, we're a Pentecostal church and as such we believe in miracles, we believe in healing, we believe in God being able to do the impossible. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and that God wants to heal people. And I sat, um, I sat on the end of Malcolm's bed last Sunday. And you know the amazing thing, we were in uh, our morning service last week and um, it got towards the end and uh, Sarah and the family had to leave because they got a phone call from the hospital and it wasn't looking good for, for Malcolm at that time on Sunday morning last week. So Philip and I uh, went in, we'd, we'd, we'd hoped to see him on the Friday, but just through a number of circumstances, couldn't make it. But we went in on the, the Sunday afternoon and we, um, we got there and we managed to spend uh, just under an hour with Malcolm. And it was amazing, we walked into the hospital room because we, we knew what, uh, what Sarah had been told and we walked in and Malcolm stands up from the side of his bed to greet us uh, on his feet to give us a hug. It was very awkward because he, uh, he had tubes out both sides of his uh, thing and a bit of machinery around and so he had to manoeuvre that first before we could actually get a proper hug. But, but um, we managed to get that and then uh, the joy is Philip and I got to pray for him um, and we talked about we talked about healing and we talked about God, God being the God of miracles and Malcolm said that, that, you know, he was a GP so he knew pretty much what he was facing, more than most of us probably do. And he said, he said, you know, I'm at the point where there's only one option now. Either God comes through with a miracle or I'm going to move on into the next life and be fully healed. And then we talked about that and, and the wrestle and the tension that exists in our faith. faith and I love, um, I love uh, what Richard Rohr, what Dave read about Richard Rohr and, and weeping in tears, the importance of those in our lives. And I think I, I just want to talk about this because uh, I don't think, in my journey of faith, I don't think we have talked about suffering and death and sickness, particularly in a Pentecostal sense, with a really life-giving way of addressing it. Because often we, we address it in a binary way and it's either life or death. Uh, and the two, I think, have to go together. If we're to have a full faith and a healthy faith, I think you have to have both. You can't have resurrection without death. You can't have, and it's, it's 
inbuilt into the fabric of our universe, you can't have life without death. You exist today because cells in your body are dying and renewing all the time. It's just, it's just what happens. And our faith has to marry that. We have to believe God for the impossible and, and stand in that. And, you know, one of the things that Malcolm and I, you know, he, he said way back, he said in my church in Dundee, he it took a bit of a story, but there was a, a time where he went through some ministry and someone was praying for him and they prophesied over him Psalm 91, and it's the last verse, and it says, um, and God will grant to him long life and he shall experience the joy of his salvation, of my salvation. And so Malcolm's standing there and he's going, I'm, I'm having a bit of an argument with God at the moment because that is a prophecy that God gave me about long life. And so I'm having a bit of an argument because I'm in a position where it's either this or I'm dying. It's either a miracle or I'm dying. And I, so I'm having an argument with God. I'm not sure. And he said, I'm not sure whether that's okay, but I'm having it anyway. And I, I, Philip and I just said to him and said, you know, if that's what you're believing and you're fighting for, that Psalm 91 promise, then that's what we will stand with you and fight for as well. And so we prayed and we anointed him with oil and, and we believed God for his healing. And then on Thursday, he passed away. Now this becomes a challenge for me because I have to go, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because I'm a man who believes in healing and I've seen healing. I've seen God do amazing things. Miraculous things. And yet in this situation, he didn't. And I was uh, reflecting on it. I, I, this is a constant wrestle for me because as a pastor and as a leader of a church, I, I, part of what I see is my role is to shepherd people through the journey of life and to understand that there's some things in life that just don't make sense. They don't make sense. They don't, they, you can't understand them. We can't comprehend them. And often what happens when we go there is, is when we go to that point of it not making sense, we always look for someone or something to blame because we need something to settle ourselves. The uncertainty, because we hate. How many of you likes uncertainty? Anyone? Any hands up? Oh, Dave likes uncertainty. Oh, sheesh. We'll pray for you later, mate. We like to know what's happening. We like to understand. But when, when doubt arises and when uncertainty arises, what do we do with that? Because we want the certainty. Apart from Dave. He's happy with mystery. And so often what I've seen and, and what happens is, is sometimes we head towards what is God doing? 
and we question God and we get angry with God and all of those things are a natural response. But I just want to encourage us in the journey of wrestling with the uncertainty, let's never question the character of God as a good God and a kind God who loves us. There are mysteries in this world. There are things that we don't understand and we probably never will. But one thing I do know is that God is good and he's good all the time. And the other thing I know is that Malcolm loved God with all of his heart and he's with him now. Fully healed, fully functioning. And if he wants to, he can run any adventure race and any marathon he likes and he won't get tired. And I want to read, out, read this passage out of John 11 because um, one of the things I love about this, this particular story is Jesus faced the death of his friend. This is Jesus, the Son of God, and a man who did many miracles in his time on earth, as we know. He was God in flesh. And verse 25, sorry, um, not verse 25. Let me hold up, I'm just, oh, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. I had it just before. It's coming. Verse 35, not 25. Sorry, I wrote the wrong one down. There it is. Verse 35, and it says, Then Jesus wept. The first thing when Jesus came to this in this story and came to the environment and met with Mary and Martha, the first thing they said, if you were only here, he would never have died. And yes, we know that Jesus, Jesus was fully aware that he had the power to heal him and to raise him from the dead. And yet in that moment, he's still engaged with the emotion of the moment. You notice that? Even though he knew resurrection was going to happen. He wept. And I look at that and you can, go through, you can talk through all sorts of theology in that if you want to. But the thing that I am super encouraged by that is that if Jesus was able to engage his emotion around the things of life and the things that we went through, then we need to do the same. He wept with Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha didn't know what was going to happen, but he fully engaged in the moment. And you know, that is what Jesus is to us today. He's fully engaged with the moment with us. And I want to read out of um, Job.
Now, Job um, is a piece of poetry. It's in the poetry section of the Bible, so you must read it as poetry, but the writing of it is engaged. Poetry communicates something to us that we can't through normal sort of writing. And I love what he says in verse 21. This is after he's heard about his all of his property being stolen, his sons and his daughters all being killed. Verse 20, it says, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief, then he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground to worship. He fell to the ground to worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. I love this story because it gives us a posture of where our hearts need to sit in the uncertainty and the questioning of why things happen. In this poem, it captures an idea for us that in the morning, mourn hard. Shave your head if you have to. I do that quite regularly. Shave your head. Tear your robes. Do what you need to to mourn well. But may it always lead you to worship. May it always lead you to a place of giving over to the sovereignty, to the awesomeness, to the love, to the grace, to the mercy, to the constant presence of God. May it always cause us to allow something to arise out of our spirit that acknowledges who God is in amongst the uncertainty. Because I think this, this story is captured in here to help us to understand that life is hard. Life is difficult. Sometimes it is uncertain and sometimes we don't know why. But God is God. And he's never absent in the doubt and in the uncertainty. God, as Dave said this morning, he draws closer. If that's possible. But that requires us to allow our hearts to be open to that. Which leads me into my message about heart health, which is the second part. I wanted to talk about that one just briefly because I think it's hugely important for us as we journey as a family together with Sarah and the kids through this journey of grieving and saying goodbye. That we as a church continue to worship Jesus as we mourn and as we grieve. Amen. I think um, I'm going to finish...
with uh, reading Proverbs 4, verse 23. This is my um, second part of, my first part was about five weeks ago called Heart Health. Proverbs 4.23 says this, So above all else, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your inmost being, for from there flows the issues of life. You know, when it comes to mourning and grief and journeying uncertainty and doubt, it is one of the things that can get into our heart. If we don't keep God in that right place for us, where we're giving ourselves over to his sovereignty, that in our disappointment, if we blame God or we accuse God of stuff or we get upset with God or angry with God, which you can, as part of the journey, you can do that, but don't stay there. Does that make sense? If you allow it to infect your heart, it will affect your ability to believe God for the next opportunity when he wants to use you to do something. See, for me, I could, I could look at the situation with Malcolm and I could say, well, God didn't heal and we were standing on the word of God and we were declaring his promises and we were anointing him with oil and we were doing all those things that scripture encourages us to do. I know there were people fasting and praying for his healing. We were doing all those things and yet it didn't happen. If we allow that to infect our heart, then the next time someone is sick, we'll withhold from praying and believing God for a miracle. Because we'll go, well, he didn't do it last time. How do I know he's going to do it again? Actually, it doesn't matter what you think. We know God is good. And he can heal and he wants to heal. I don't understand why, but I'm going to trust in his character. And I'm always going to allow my heart to be open to the opportunity for him to heal someone this time. If we don't guard our heart, disappointment can get in and it can pollute us from being able to live in the fullness of the life that God's got for us. That's why I think it's so important that we mourn well, that we grieve well, that we acknowledge the fact that there are things we don't know and there are things we don't understand, but I'm not going to let that affect my trust in who God is. I'm going to continue to believe him for miracles. Because let me tell you, we still need miracles. There are people in our church right now that are sick. And we still need God to heal them. And so we're going to pray and believe God in faith and continue to do that. Because we have to see God be God. And I don't know. If I don't pray, who knows whether God's going to heal that person or not. If I pray. I give him an opportunity to do so. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. I want my life to live, and I spoke about this in the first one, in this idea where my heart is in a perpetual springtime. 
where it's bursting with new life. How many of you know that in springtime in New Zealand in particular, let's use this for an illustration, it's not all nice weather. Is that true? I mean, we're in summer, so-called. Perpetual springtime is this idea that I'm in a season where new life is bursting forth, but new life needs water and it needs rain. As much as it needs sun. We need all of that happening. And I want my heart to remain soft so that whatever God is doing, I'm right there with him in it. Saying yes to him. Even if it means that there's a storm happening today. That it's not turning the way it's meant to. The forecast was for sun and it's hosing down. I'm still going to have a heart that is soft towards God that's allowing him to take me on a journey where I discover him in deeper and deeper ways. So my prayer and my hope for all of us as we journey uh, with the loss of Malcolm, as we journey with the Dyer family, is that as we journey this, that we mourn and we grieve well, but we still celebrate an awesome God who loves us, who's gracious, who's compassionate, who's slow to anger, who's abounding in love towards us. And that we worship him and we give him the praise that he's due. Amen. I want to pray. God, life uh, sucks sometimes. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes that hardness is due to our own choices, but sometimes it's just because of life. But I thank you, Jesus, that you walk, when you walked on this earth, you engaged with the moments of life that sucked. You allowed them to engage your soul. But you never allowed them to infect your heart so that your heart became dead to the opportunity for miraculous for, your, for you to do something. God, I pray that you would help us to be the same. That you would help us in our human frailties that we will never come to a point where we have allowed our hearts to become infected and sick because of the moments of life that suck. But that we would be able to engage with the realities of life, but allow your Holy Spirit to comfort us and to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. That we would not hang around getting disappointed, getting angry with you, but Lord, we would move through and come out the other end with a fresh understanding of how much you love us. Father, we lift the Dyer family to you this morning and we ask for your comfort for them. 
We thank you for Malcolm's life. We thank you for the way that he impacted each of us in different ways. And for the awesome part of our whānau, he has been. We thank you for him and we honour you. We thank you for the seeds that he has sown in this community over many years serving as a GP and the love and the care that he has shown many, many people. God, we praise you and we thank you for the opportunity to have been involved with his life. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Move amongst us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.